Hey, business building warrior, it's Jim. Another episode of Silent Sales Machine Radio coming at you. I've got a guest today who is on track. His goal for 2021 is a million dollars in sales on Amazon using our replens training strategies that we teach and talk about around here so often. Yet another tremendous success story. Although we dive into the weeds a little bit, I asked him, hey, tell me some of your disaster stories. He had some good ones today to share. It's not always sunshine and rainbows when you're building a business for any business, but it is a pretty exciting story. He's been able to do this working just a couple hours a day because he has a full-time job. A couple hours a day, he's built something truly special. And by the time you're hearing this, he's gone full-time. He's quit his job, left his full-time job, and he's going full-time Amazon. So while I'm recording this, he still has his job. So we had to hold this episode for a short period of time because we didn't want it to come out before he'd left his job. That was a request he made. Which, by the way, if you ever have considered being a guest on this show and you're concerned that we might expose who you are to your employer and you're uncomfortable with that, hey, we can do audio only. We can do first name only. We can even change your first name if you want. It's so you can share your story and inspire others. So contact us, reach out to us at silentgym.com and and let us know if you've got a success story about your e-commerce business that you'd like to share. We'd love to hear from you. But today's guest is Stephen Alsobrook. Like I said, he lives in the UK. He's originally from the United States, but he's been in the UK for about six years now. All of his products, get this, everything he sells is in the US. He sources products online. He shops online in the US, has those products delivered to a prep partner. I'll stick a link in the show notes to a bunch of prep partners. It's a free list that we maintain for you as a service. So he has his products sent to these prep partners. Those prep partners send the product into Amazon with his labels on it. So Stephen shares with us today, he's never prepped a package to sell on Amazon. And he's got a million dollar business that he's building. How cool is that? never touches his product. He just shops online, has them sent to a partner. That partner sends them to Amazon. Amazon sells the stuff and sends Stephen a check. That's his business model. We're going to talk about how he finds products, what he sells, the tools he uses. We're pulling back the curtains on Stephen's story today. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. It's yet another really cool success story. And let me just ask a little favor of you. If you're enjoying this podcast, I don't know if you're listening or watching today, Most people who consume our podcast are listen only on their favorite iTunes or Spotify or whatever app you're using to listen. That's where most people are. But if you uh, happen to be on YouTube or on one of those other podcast app platforms, please leave us a feedback. Five, you know, score or a thumbs up or a love or whatever it is, or a comment. We love your feedback. We love your support because we have a $0 marketing budget around here. We don't do any advertising. Uh, We are talking to a few potential advertisers that maybe will be sponsors on this show, but we don't spend any money to get the word out about the show. We rely on you sharing wherever it is you're listening with your friends and others. So if you would please do us that favor, if you find value in this show, share it with others. That's how our audience grows. All right. With no further introduction or announcements needed, let's jump over and meet Mr. Stephen Alsobrook. So Stephen, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. Glad to be here. Great to have you here, man. So I want to jump right into your story, man. Start at the beginning. Tell us uh, what got you into e-commerce and how it's been going. Yeah, well, so I've sort of for you know many years now been thinking I would like to 
run some sort of business that I could do online and location independence was like a big driving factor for me. Mm -hmm. So I was, you know, reading about different online business opportunities, listening to podcasts all the time and sort of tried a couple of things here and there and had heard about Amazon FBA businesses, mostly people doing private label sort of things and uh, started Googling more seriously to try and see, you know, can this be my thing? And I found Proven Amazon course and decided that sounds like maybe a better idea than one of these. Really when, now, when was this? How far back are we talking? This was just at the end of 2018. Okay. And so yeah, I signed up for PAC. I think it was like the Black Friday deal for uh, 2018. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's been at this point, you know, we're talking four years. <sighs> it's been a while, three, right? Three plus. Yeah. 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 Uh, so then 2019 is when I like sort of set my goals for the year. And I was like, all right, I'm going to be serious about... Uh, digging into this course, I'm going to figure out what works for me. And I'm going to be serious about setting aside, you know, two hours a day was my goal and focused effort, start building the business, learning about how Amazon works. And I started out trying to actually do private label because I still thought that was the most exciting thing that I wanted to try to get into. Mm-hmm. And I knew lots of people were doing RA in the community. And I was like, well, I'm, so I guess backing up a little bit. I'm in the UK and I moved here six years ago now from Atlanta where I was born. And wow, from Atlanta over there. to the UK. What, yeah. what precipitated that change? So I had a chance to move over with my job and took advantage of it. And it's been an awesome move. Like my wife is from Romania and her family's still all over in Romania. So it's about as close to a halfway point as we get between here and there which is lots of traveling involved, going back to see the family over on my side and uh, going to see the family over in, R- in Romania as well. So you guys do a lot so, of traveling. Uh, yeah, we do. Like. And okay. It's been a lot of traveling, you know, having fun, uh, exploring all around Europe from London as a base. But um, that sort of background is why I thought, you know, I really need to focus on a business model that I can do while I'm traveling from anywhere in the world. That makes sense. And and how interesting. I didn't realize yeah. that you were an American citizen. I just, I thought you were going to be, and, and when you came on and right. you didn't have an accent, I'm like, hmm, this guy's not, doesn't sound like a <laughs> typical Londoner to me. <laughs> kind of sounds like yeah. a Midwestern guy to me a little bit almost, right? So that explains it. So you're, so you right. went from Atlanta to the UK. I'm interested now to hear, because uh, one of the popular questions we get, and I don't want to inter- disrupt your story, but I want to be sure to cover this topic is, you know, how do you do this business from sure. other countries? And we've got people in, Slovakia and Russia. We've got people all over the world that are doing this business from where they are and they're, they're buying and selling in the US. Right. Uh, I'm curious to hear what your model is now that you're doing it successfully from the UK. Um, so yeah, please, please continue with your story. I'm fascinated. Yeah. Well, so just directly to your point there, I, uh, I've set up all of my business in the US because I figured uh, the market is bigger and I have you know, bank account set up over there already from previous life in the US. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do all the business getting products sent to prep centers and they send everything into Amazon. I actually think it's kind of funny, like when you see all the pictures of people prepping their boxes and things. And I'm like, I have literally never prepped a box. I don't <laughs> actually know how to. <laughs> You've never prepped the box. Hey, that beats me, man. Yeah. That beats me because I did a lot of prepping back in the day. And I still do time to time when it, when it gets pretty crazy over at the warehouse, I'll jump in for sure. Yeah. But 
So, so you've I've, literally never prepped a box. No, I've actually thought I, I should do it sometime, like just to see how it works. <laughs> <laughs> but from day one, I was like, I, I want to build this uh, in a model where I don't need to be dealing with the stuff myself. So yeah. it's well, all done yeah, on a laptop. It be a very hands-off business for sure. I can't yeah. wait to dive into your model. This is awesome so far. Yeah. So, so where was I then? I was trying to do private label and I was having, you know, some limited success. I launched a couple products and was getting some sales. It was enough for me to get familiar with sort of how Amazon works, how the ecosystem goes, but I was slow going and sort of feeling like I'm spending a lot of time. I'm not seeing a lot of results yet. And what really helped me ultimately, like later in the year 2019, I went to the Proven Conference and uh, I think Oscar's podcast to come out like shortly before that. And I met Oscar there and was talking to him and other people doing yeah. really big numbers that I was like, wow, I, yeah. I have all these sort of like... Uh, Oscar yeah. Matumbo, interesting you bring him up. It's one of our most popular podcast episodes because he just has this infectious energy. But he a little does. trivia on Oscar, as we speak, he's in his final days of his real job. And by the time this podcast episode is launched, he will have left his very high paying, nice. uh, it's a high tech career. He's an engineer and very respected in his field. Uh, it, but he's leaving that job because he's going all in with Replans, Amazon FBA. That's <laughs> awesome. He uh, and his wife work together. And by the time you're hearing this listener, Oscar, maybe I'll put a link to his two episodes since we're going to talk about him. Just he is, He's inspired a lot of people. He's going to inspire even more people now that he's freed up about 40 hours a week of his life. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's kind of joining our leadership team around here and uh, just an awesome dude. So, so he was one that inspired you, inspired you at our last live event. Of course, our 2020 event was virtual. Yeah. But 2019 was the last time we all gathered in a big group. And that's where you kind of caught fire with the idea of, okay, I, there's something to this replens model. Okay, so I, I got a perspective. Yeah. Now. So did you come from the UK to that event? I did. Yeah. Okay. Well, so uh, sort of. I actually came from the UK to Atlanta for my birthday, hung out with my family in Atlanta. And Double then dipped. Flew from Atlanta uh, I got you. to Grooving Conference. Nice. It was, uh, so we planned yeah, the event well for your, for your birthday. <laughs> Perfectly. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. great. <laughs> I'll try to do that again in the future. Yeah. All right. So yeah. you, you, you went fun. from dabbling in PL, a little bit of... Exp- and a lot of people start there. You know, Stephen, we hear story after story yeah. after story. This literally a solid handful per week of people who have gone down the private label path as a new seller, mm-hmm. had either no success or a little success, or in a lot of cases, dumped a ton of money and effort and time and energy. And now they're frustrated and burnt out and think Amazon just doesn't work. And it's probably because I'm going to take a guess. I'm going to take a shot in the dark here, Stephen. But did you start out by kind of watching YouTube videos by any chance? No. So I, w- I don't think I started from any YouTube videos. It was more like I just heard about it on podcasts, people talking about it. But yeah, yeah. podcasts, YouTube, they just all the buzz is about private label. But it is. there's significant yeah. risks. It is a serious business model that requires serious time, effort, energy, cash, right. business discipline, stuff that a lot of new sellers just don't have any business tackling importing and fees and VAT yeah. and tax think words you've never heard of before get <laughs> become an expert in all these new like it's right. just not necessary to make it that complicated. That's why we yeah. like starting new sellers, especially with replans. But yeah. That may sound like a little plug, but man, I hear this story all the time. So if I can save somebody that heartache, that's why I pound that drum so often. 
Yeah, it makes so much sense. And like, I, I still think I would like to go back to private label at some of point course. now that I've learned a lot more. But in hindsight, if I could have started with replins, uh, <laughs> it would have been better. It's so, good to start anyway, putting money in the bank at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. So I decided, you know, sort of Q4 of 2019, I was going to start trying to do the replins thing and started seeing some success with that uh, pretty quickly. Got uh, like 20,000 in sales in December of 2019. And I thought, wow, wow. that's awesome. That's so it was just within a couple months after getting rocking. Yeah. $20,000 a month. Yeah. So that was good. And then I told myself, you know, okay, I, I really would like to be able to do this sort of thing full time, but I want to see if I can, you know, get it going, get up to like 30, 40,000 a month. And I feel like maybe then I'd be comfortable to quit my job, go full time with it. And yeah. started- what kind of income would that represent to you? Like, you know, to share your margins a little bit, like, you know. Right. Yeah. So I, I've eventually gotten now uh, margins around 20%, ROI around 60. Very good. So, Those yeah. are good numbers. It's fairly typical, easily improved upon depending on your product selection. But if you've got some rapid moving inventory, those are beautiful numbers. Yeah. And I, I've been really happy with the way it's going, obviously. Yeah. So I, I told myself that. And then I actually got to uh, a 30,000 month in March of 2020. But the whole world changed in March of 2020. Yes, <laughs> so it did. Very quickly, I was like, okay, uh, it's the number I thought I was looking for, but I don't really feel like now is a great time to make the jump full time. And if I could stick this out a bit longer, it probably makes more sense. So had a conversation with my wife about that and we decided it made more sense to uh, you know, continue working nights. And so for a long time, it's just been you know working in my job and then every night plan to do two hours of productive work on the business. And sometimes uh, it felt like a struggle. Definitely not easy to keep doing that every day, all the time. But two hours every day really adds up. And eventually, by the end of the year, uh, Q4 of 2020, I had an 80,000 sales month. And then... Okay, I want to make sure I caught all those numbers. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, just talk me through again. You had just two hours a, a day on average? Yeah, yeah, that's work that's your business. Been, that's been my plan. Yeah. Wow. And you had an eighty thousand dollar month for yeah for December of twenty twenty. Wow, that's tremendous. And then uh, the growth, surprising to me, uh, continued in January and in February. I, I hit a hundred thousand for the past thirty days, which I was just like blown away. I couldn't believe that happened because I thought things were going to drop off after Q four, and <laughs> you know, they have dropped off a little bit since then. Um, looking at more like 80 again for March, probably. But I have a lot of work to do to, you know, build back up to that sort of number sustainably. But it's it's cool to see how much is possible there. And I know exactly what I need to do. It's just a matter of like you find the right thing that works and you keep doing more of it. That's awesome. Congratulations, by the way. Um, you know, I what you've just described, I just want to I want to say a little something before I say something I was gonna say. What you just described is not a long-term sustainable life plan. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you can do it for a year. You can do uh, it for yeah. several months. Exactly. Right? To, to launch something new and special that takes you to a, to a new place where you have more options, uh, which is what you've done. So congratulations on that, man. That was, that was no small feat. Great work. So working two hours a day, was this counting weekends too? Probably. 
And sometimes I might have spent more on the weekend. Sometimes I might have spent less if we actually had something fun to do instead. <laughs> sure, sure. But you know, let's say uh, average fifteen to seventeen hours a week. I'm just kind of yeah. you know ballparking a number around that. Yeah. And and you're able to build a hundred thousand dollar a month for, for in, in December. It dropped off a little bit as you said as we came into the new year at eighty thousand dollar a month. But that's part of the beauty of replens is it's very stable. It's not like you know December everything sells more. But it doesn't drop into the basement in January, February, March. It's stuff that people are buying all the time. That's part of the beauty of it. But how many ASINs does that represent? I mean, you know, how many different products are we talking about? Uh, I think when I checked recently, uh, I sold like 500 something different things in the past few months. Okay. That gives, uh, gives people a good, good indicator. And when you're looking for new products to sell, mm-hmm. how many can you... Like if I said, okay... I'm giving you five hours to just focus in on your favorite sourcing strategy. And I'll ask you what that is here in a minute, if that's okay. But how many new ASINs, profitable ASINs that meet your parameters, your 60% ROI, let's say, how many yeah. do you think you could reasonably find if you went out and did you know, hit it for a few hours? I don't know. I could probably find like 10, 15, something like this. It depends. You know, Sometimes mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's really hit and miss for me as I was doing sure. it, where I, I would feel really frustrated after spending like a couple hours. And I like, I found a lot of things that looked promising. And then actually it ended up being like, nothing came out of this. Right. And then sometimes you start looking at one thing and like some of my best replants came from, you know, finding one thing that looked good. And then you go really deep on that brand and you just search every single listing with that and you find all these different variations and different things bundles it turns and into and yeah like you find products. one good thing and it turns into 20 different things and yeah, exactly awesome. there's products that we started off with one of and now we've got multiple different types and brands and packs and bundles because of that one thing that we so easily could have just walked past and we do walk past constantly some of the some of the asins i, I kick myself over are the ones that I've walked past that product a thousand times and thought, there's no way. (laughs) But then, yeah, I finally investigated it. and Wow. Yeah, there's a lot there. So I just, the point for the listeners and and for those watching this, I wanted to make is it's not rocket science, find a new product. You'll do better some days than others. But if you've got a few hours to spend and you follow the strategies we teach, you're going to find profitable products. They're out there. Um, And we've covered the replens model on several other recent episodes. We're not going to dive real deep into that. Uh, but I do want to hear what your favorite sourcing strategies are. Like, how do you find new products, and and how many new ones do you do you find on a regular basis versus just kind of riding the momentum of what you've already built now that you've been doing this for a while? Yeah. So at least uh, recently, I've been more so sort of riding the momentum of what I built because uh, I have a lot going on, and it just takes the time and effort to you know investigate the new things. But uh, one, one strategy I've liked and it's worked really well for me is just subscribing to the store promo emails from uh, all the different stores you source on. And then they send you, we have a deal on whatever these random things are. And you start looking into whatever that is, is a new idea. And maybe sometimes you find a product that's only profitable because it's on sale now. Right. But often it will still be profitable even at full price later. Mm-hmm. Or because you started looking at that one thing, it leads you down a trail to this other thing that you wouldn't have thought of otherwise. And yeah, so that's that's worked well, really well I, for me. 
I love that you mentioned that. We had one of the presentations at our virtual conference, the one that we unfortunately couldn't gather live because of COVID, but we had the virtual. JR did a presentation about his, I believe he's got a million dollar business. It's a team of, it's, it's, he's by himself with a couple other helpers. It's a million dollar business running great margins and primarily Target, although yeah. he does source <laughs> other places. But yeah. he just rides the sales waves. You know, he's, he knows the cycle, like peanut butter goes on sale this time and this time of the year. And, he, but he just, he's subscribed to the, to the, to the flyers, the circuits. He knows when stuff's going to go on sale. You can get in well below wholesale. If you stack your discounts, you got your 5% off card, you got your, you know, whatever sale is happening at the time. And you kind of start stacking these discounts. And suddenly, even if you were best friends with the distributor, you couldn't get a better price on this <laughs> stuff. So if it's anywhere near a decent ASIN, you're going to make money on it. So he just kind of rides the sales cycle. One of the beautiful parts about the replens model from my vantage point, Stephen, though, is you don't have to follow the sales. But like exactly. you just said, it doesn't hurt. And some of our best replens, like you just said as well, it's stuff like, hey, that's on sale. Normally it's $3. I can get them for a buck a piece. You look at the Keepa chart. Wow, this is good even at three bucks. Let's test it. Let's test 10 of these at a dollar and see what happens. They all sell instantly. Now we've got a good one. And when it goes on sale, yeah, we go clear the shelf. But when it's at three bucks, we're still making money. There's a lot of those out there. It sounds like you've kind of built your business around that type of thinking. Yeah, very much. And it makes it easier to test things as well. If you if you can get like a little extra margin on that first mm-hmm. buy, and then that gives you a little confidence to say like, okay, even if it doesn't work out, you know, it's yeah. not that bad. If and it doesn't work out, the worst on. case scenario is you sell and you break even. Yeah. Or you lose a little bit of money. Certainly not like private label where you've got 10,000 units in your garage <laughs> and your spouse wants their garage back so they can park in the winter and not be covered in snow. <laughs> right. Right. Like, get all that out of my garage now. You never have that with replants because we're testing five or 10 at a time of whatever it is we're doing and we ramp in slowly. And if one of our products goes away, all right, no big deal. Right. Yeah. We just go find some more replants. It really does smooth out the, it smooths out a lot of the emotional you know, ups and downs of the Amazon experience. It's just kind of another day grabbing some ASINs, you know, going, mm-hmm. going here, going there, sending your shoppers. So tell me about your team. Are you doing this all yourself? So it's me and my wife has been helping me some, but uh, it's mostly just been me. So one of the big things I want to work on this year is uh, expanding the team a bit. I've hired just at the end of last year, a VA to help doing some research, just finding new leads for me. And so that's been good. Gives me something to work on whenever I have a little extra time. But uh, I would like to work on expanding the team this year. That's fantastic. And you kind of do have a bit of a team because like you said, you don't do any of the prepping. You've got a prep partner in the US. Exactly. um, Without identifying who that is, because we're certainly not wanting to make their phone ring off the hook for the next (laughs) three weeks. And we do have an entire network of prep centers, by the way. I'll stick that link in the show notes too. I'm making myself a note for the prep network that we have. It's a free website that lists all the prep centers that we're aware of so you can find one. So like if you live in another country, not the US, and you want to shop online in the US and have it sent to Amazon in the US, you don't have to touch your product like Steven never touches mm-hmm. his product. Well, you need a partner that can do that for you. And there's, you can find an individual who's willing to put the stuff in a box and send it to Amazon for you. Or you can use a prep partner who will receive it, someone from our prep network. And we don't get paid to run that network. It's just the people that we're aware of that know how to prep stuff for Amazon. 
send it in. But tell us about it, you know, uh, how you use them, how you utilize them and, and how that's working out for you. Yeah. So I, I've actually used like a few different prep centers and I, I've felt that's like smart. that's been good because right. I'm not like all the eggs in one basket if something goes right. wrong with them. And if one of them's backed up, I can start sending more stuff to the other one sort of thing. And I do all, all my shopping. I've sort of developed the process. Like my wife helps me every, every week. We run through reports to see what sold the last week. What do we need to buy more of? And then we put together a list of all the shopping to do. And we buy everything. We put it on a big spreadsheet. And then we go into each of the prep centers, at, you know, a Google Doc and load in all the stuff we bought in their Google Doc to say, this stuff is on the way. Keep an eye out for it and uh, prep it and send it in once it's ready. So you're shopping online. Yeah, everything online. You're doing the shopping. Your VA doesn't do the shopping for you yet? No, not yet. I haven't, uh, uh, haven't like given the credit card over to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe as a next, a as a next step. step, right, right. So yeah. just offloading, slowly getting your business to the point where you're doing the things that only you can do, and and then you've got a truly automated business, right. and you got a business in your pocket. You can go anywhere and check in, like, hey, how's the shopping going today? And <laughs> right, just see the numbers. You're managing yep. the numbers. <laughs> you're you're very close to that. Um, well, I want to hear some other details and tips and strategies, but I but I am curious, like what what are you targeting for twenty twenty one? We're you know we're a good you know coming up on three months in to twenty twenty one. What are you trying to hit for this year? What do you think is reasonable? Uh, you know, it's tough because I I wouldn't have said this, and like when I did my annual goal setting at the beginning of the year, I didn't say this, but I'm now on track for a million dollars this year. So I, I think at this point, I should just aim for it because it feels like a nice round target goal mm-hmm. and it would be cool. A nice, uh, you know, $3,000 a day or so average, you know, keep that rocking throughout the year, right? Somewhere around there. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. At your 60% ROI number that you mentioned, like holding steady there, mm-hmm. how many new ASINs do you think you'll need to find to hit that? And, and hidden in that question is, how many of your ASINs are kind of dropping off each month? If you don't go find any new ones, you know, right. dwindling slowly is, you know, because we all know competitors can come along and right. we call it price tanking, you know, mm-hmm. which I don't necessarily like that term because I consider it a temporary dip. Right. No one can sell at a loss for a lo- for very long and yeah. it'll come back up. So it was a temporary mm-hmm. dip and you want to ride, you know, I'll hold my inventory and wait. Now I'll get back in once once everyone's rational again up here at a <laughs> margin. But how quickly do they drop off and how many new ASINs do you think you might need to hit that goal? Yeah, th- those are great and obvious questions that I probably should be asking myself oh, I'm asking for more detail. Estimate. You know, just yeah. if you had to guess, which is probably going to be far more accurate than you realize. Yeah, how, how many more ASINs? I don't know. If I found like 100 new ASINs, I think that would probably be good. And you told and, us earlier, if you went out for five hours on a typical day, you could find two an hour or so. Right. And, and then obviously I know some things are dropping off. So the question would be, how much does that happen? And hmm, you can't control the future, but I can keep finding new things. So yeah, part of the plan, go ahead. We did talk to, just to answer that question, to put some specifics behind it, because I'm, you know, I'm trying to think the listeners... Slightly skeptical, but hopeful vantage point. You know, when we do these shows and these stories, and uh, we had a, a couple on not too many episodes ago that had found 75 to 100, I don't remember the exact number, ASINs in one day. 
<laughs> when they got started. Yeah. And over half of them were still active a year later, meaning making them a yeah. great ROI. So you can kind of think through, you know, what kind of potential and possibility is there in this uh, if you're really ready to hit it and follow the follow the steps. I'm about where you are, Stephen, on my ability to go out and find new ASINs. I really need to train a few new ASIN hunters. We've we've had a few kind of come along and they end up going off and starting their own businesses, which I think is phenomenal. And some of them become coaches on our team and <laughs> it's great. You know, like I love seeing all these success stories, but I need to bring in some some fresh new ASIN hunters. But the, the stack we have right now is pretty impressive. I'm I'm very happy with what we've got going on. But let's hear a little bit more about you know, as this year unfolds, what kind of things you're going to be doing, what strategies are in play, maybe some tips for the listeners. You just kind of take it and go with whatever direction you want to go. Yeah, sure. So one of the big things uh, I want to do more of this year is um, getting into wholesale. So I started trying to get into wholesale just a little bit at the end of last year. And one thing that's been great is I joined an accountability group with a handful of other guys who are trying to start getting going in the wholesale model as well. So we're all sort of in the same place as far as that journey, but all with a little bit different background on what else are we doing? How do we get here? And so we, we've been meeting up you know, every week and it just feels great chatting with them and you know, feeling like other people are in the same place trying to work on the same things. I and love that. That's such a great idea. So yeah. How did you find these folks? How, how did you form this group? Uh, so this was actually, you know, Delia and Paul launched the Wholesale Accelerator at the end yeah, of last year. That went phenomenal. You were part of that then? Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So it was other students who went through our course, our Accelerator right. course. We'll probably offer that again at some point in the future uh, because it was such a raging success. Got a lot of great feedback from it. So that makes sense. Yeah, it was, it, It's always interesting trying to find like-minded people. That's certainly mm-hmm. a good way to do it. Just find other people who are in the same course you're in, right? Yep. Yeah. And so, so they offered to put us together in you know, accountability groups and it's been great. So I, I plan to build out the wholesale side of things a lot more this year. And I expect good results from that based on sort of the initial results I'm seeing. So, so give me a tip just at a basic level. Yep. If I'm saying, okay, well, I found a few profitable items and this wholesale thing sounds intriguing. Right. And I know you can't give me you know, full three-hour training on this, but where do you start? Like, what do you do next? I've got these products, they're selling well. Mm-hmm. If I could get them cheaper, it'd probably be a good idea. Yeah. What do I do next? So if you just Google the name of the brand and wholesale, then you may not find what you're looking for, but oftentimes that's all it takes. And you'll find on the brand page, they have a wholesale page or they'll have uh, an email that says, for wholesale opportunities, contact mm-hmm. us here. And if you just shoot them an email and say, hey, you know, I'm a fan of your products. I think they'd be a great addition to the other stuff we're selling. What do you need for me to open a wholesale account? And you'll get a lot of people who say, uh, we don't want to deal with Amazon sellers. But you'll get some people who say, sure, here's right. the price list. And there you go. Yeah. And one of the things I did, a story just popped in my head. This is, this is from, let's see, today's Wednesday. It'd be two days ago. From two days ago. I was at a smaller store. I really like smaller stores. We actually have a shot at meeting the manager where if you say like, hey, who's the owner here? Does he live around here? Like, oh yeah, it's Ed. Yeah, you want a cell phone number? You know, like those kind of stores are gold mines Hmm. because you find a product there that you're interested in and maybe you're not a big enough fish to get the wholesaler, the distributor on the package to 
call you back. But you can talk to the, to the owner or the manager and say, if I were to place like some larger orders for these products, what could you do for me on the price? You know, just hold them in the back. I'll drive by. We'll throw them off, you know, into my truck. You know, you, could you do that for me? I've yet to have someone say no at the smaller stores. And you can get anything you want that way. Add a nice, you know, pay a few pennies over there. They're, hey, they're, all they got to do is pull it off the truck, throw it in your car and they're making cash. Yeah, they'll do it. So that's awesome. You know, you know, it, it, this isn't rocket science. It's relationships. At the end of the day, right. it's relationships, right? So there's all kinds of creative strategies to get. Uh, and just yesterday, I had a, a store manager called me and said, "Hey, 5 a.m. today, just a few hours ago, before we're recording this, they had a big truck delivered with 30. He his exact. He called me on the phone and said, <laughs> "You got 35 cases of your favorite product. How many of them do you want me to hold for you?" Nice. And I'm like. Just hold all of them. I, I'll, I'll come by and <laughs> probably grab most of them, you know, today or Friday. And he's like, "All right, done." Yeah. <laughs> Click. Like that's it's we're in the relationship business. It's not all about you know sleuthing into the store and I hope someone <laughs> thinks this is weird that I'm buying thirty cans of green beans. You know, right. That to me is fun. I enjoy it. There's no need to be embarrassed by it. They're there to sell stuff. But you, there's other ways to do this business, and typically it involves. Relationships, picking up the phone, sending an email, getting to know somebody, getting to know their name, following up with them. Just because they said no, maybe it's a maybe next time you call them. You know, yeah. <laughs> How many would I have to order to get your attention? <laughs> right? You know, put the ball in their court, get them naming numbers. I right. love it. That's a great tip, man. So yeah, have fun in your wholesale journey. Yeah. So how many products are you looking to possibly wholesale? I don't know, as many as I can find. <laughs> so you've got quite a few that you would like to be able to buy in bulk. So I, I guess you're, you're talking about products that I currently sell that I'm yeah. trying to get wholesale. Yeah. Okay, so I, I'm more so trying to find new products. Oh, I got you. Yeah. But I got you. New products at wholesale. It's like, like go off a wholesale list and find the ones that work. Yeah, so sort of uh, like reverse sourcing in a way, just scrolling through Amazon pages and finding this product looks interesting. Can I find a wholesaler who sells this thing? And right. Go from I'm there. Yeah. I'm with you. So give me, give me some more strategies, some more tips. If you were, uh, you know, if we're connecting, I'm an old high school buddy. I'm like, Hey, you know, get, get mm. me going on this. Like, tell me what I need to know to do this the right way. Right. So for getting started, replens, what do you need to know? Really just testing lots of things and not being afraid to test things. So if you get Keepa and you can see that the thing sells, then even if you're not quite sure, you know, is this a great buy? Is it an okay buy? Test a lot of things and don't be afraid to do it. Like lean in towards taking action rather than uh, being worried, is it going to work out? Because in most cases, even if you make a small mistake, like it's a small mistake and you move on. Mm. And some of the things that have actually turned out to be great buys for me I didn't know if they were going to be very good when I first tested them. And then they turned out to be awesome. One of my favorite ASINs fits that description where Keepa told me that I could expect to make about 10 sales per day on this ASIN. There were two or three other people selling it at the time and I was only going to make five or six bucks a sale. But I thought, oh, I'm going to test this out. Let's see what happens. And we're selling three or four a day now and we're the only seller. <laughs> I got six or seven bucks a day yeah. on it. And I just love the story behind it. Just I, I came so close to just walking past that oh, yeah. $40 a day, $30, $40 a day product, you know? 
So test, I love that. Yeah, test mm-hmm. constantly. What do you look for on Keepa? We mentioned Keepa. And of course, that is, it comes up all the time on our Facebook group. There's going to be some new listeners, Stephen. So I'm going to explain what Keepa is real quick. But really, it's the only tool that you need in order to do replans. Now, there's other tools that are going to help you grow and make decisions more quickly, make more accurate decisions potentially. But when you're starting this little inexpensive tool called Keepa, K-E-E-P-A, we'll stick a link in the show notes. It's the only tool on the market that monitors rank on Amazon, product rank. So obviously, the lower the ranks, the more a product is selling. But every time rank drops, we know that at least one sale occurred. So Keepa monitors that. No other tool monitors it that I'm aware of. None. A lot of tools integrate Keepa's data in, but Keepa's the one that's doing the hard work, the heavy lifting. They're monitoring the product rank. So all other tools are out there guessing about how many times a month these products are selling on Amazon. Well, Keepa is saying, hey, this product rank dropped eight times in the last 24 hours. That means at least eight sales were made in the last 24 hours. So what parameters when you're looking at Keepa and you're making a decision, do I want to test this product or not? What are you looking for? So looking for something where I can get at least uh, 30% ROI, a sort of minimum Mm -hmm. that I would uh, give a cutoff for. And that's one of the lower numbers I've heard. So you'll go for 30%. Yeah. And that's what I was saying. Like I, I've tested a lot of things that didn't seem like they would necessarily be great. And if it's only at 30%, I, you know, I've had a few things that I tested and it sold some and it turned out the ROI was actually even less than that. And so then I just drop it and move on to something better because it's not worth it. But I'm happy to test out all sorts of things. And I've found that to be really helpful just to get momentum going that things are happening. Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, I love it. You, there's no wrong answer. I mean, because again, worst case is you broke even on the two or three units of whatever this is, or you lost hmm. a few dollars perhaps. But sometimes yeah. you find a gold mine because Keepa's data isn't perfect, as I'm sure you've discovered, right? Mm-hmm. There's, right. there's no perfect. Amazon doesn't release. <laughs> Here's how many times this product sold last month. That data is not available to anyone except Amazon. Anyone who claims they've got it, either they're the product owner and they can tell you exactly how many they sold, or they've got some kind of long algorithm formula of some kind that's (laughs) wildly inaccurate 95% of the time. And sometimes it's right and they brag about that. But uh, it's just, they're they're all wildly, keep us as close as it gets. So when you say, you know, you look at what Keepa says you can expect, sometimes you're pleasantly surprised. Very rarely am I disappointed though. If Keepa says something is selling, for me, it's if they say it's selling 15 times a month, it's going to be that or more. Sometimes when it says it sells five times a month though, it can be a real goose egg, zero loser in where I just don't get any sales. Uh, But once you get up over 15, 10 or 15, you're in pretty safe territory. This product's moving. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with that? And and what else do you look for on Keepa? Um, Yeah. So the the other thing I guess I would look for is price history just to see, you know, do does it seem like there's some stability with the price where it is now? Right. Or is this a weird price spike and it maybe looks profitable now, but there's no way this is actually going to happen by the time I start selling it. Um, so look back at a year, not just the past couple of weeks where one person got away with selling it for 200% ROI. Right. But historically, it's actually Although, down here at 30% ROI, yeah. for example, right? 
Although when I say that, uh, now that I think about it, some of the products I've actually had pretty good success with are things where like, I've noticed the the normal price where it's selling is say maybe like $20, but you can see sort of consistently, like for a few days every month, it might drop or jump up to 30. And I'm like, I could get this and I could get a nice profit if I sell it at 30. So I'm happy to just sit there at 30 and wait for when that happens. Right. And yeah. And you can keep doing that. The buy box rotation is a strange animal. It'll it'll throw everything in there eventually at some point. As long as you're not wildly outside of what everyone else is charging, you can be on the higher end. Yeah. And the buy box rotation is going to come around and and catch your price. So while everyone else is selling at these 20% ROIs, you're up here at this 100% ROI. It's going to rotate through. And once a month, you sell one of yours. Hey, that's great. Mm -hmm. You're making a lot more money than the other people have to sell five times as much (laughs) as you to get the same return. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. Good tip, and, man. And, and like with that sort of strategy, you can, there's a couple of Chroma t- extensions where you can see how many people have in stock. And so if you see that the guy who's selling it for $20 only has a few of them left and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, well, he's going to run out soon and then it will jump up to 30. And that's exactly what I'm looking for. And the extension we use is Rev Seller for that. Do, which one do you use for that? Uh, I think it's called like OS add-on, something like this. Uh, I'm blanking on the name exactly. Sure. But Online I, seller. There's there's a good handful of them out there. And and what I like about what you just said is you can, you're just sitting on amazon.com, logged in or not, doesn't matter mm-hmm. on the plugin. And for whatever page you're sitting on, looking at the product, you can see the keep a graph. We've talked about that. It shows you the, the rank history, the price history, all kinds of other stuff you don't need. You know, the two or three things you do need, you turn those on. And then for us, it's Rev Seller. I'll stick a link in the show notes. We actually helped that product launch here a few years ago. So they gave us better price than you'll find anywhere on that tool. But it shows you the exact ROI that you can expect. And like you just mentioned, when you pull up all the other sellers on the side, it'll tell you how many of the units they've got. So if you got someone over here tanking the price, but they only got one unit, um, if it, it's selling a good clip per week, they're going to be sold out soon. So you can pretty aggressively go in considerably higher than that at a higher price. Um, so yeah, it helps you make good decisions to know how much inventory your competitors have. And that's what Revs, one of the features that RevSeller has included with it. Uh, to, it's, I'd say my second favorite tool. And of the two tools that you need, Keepa and RevSeller would be number two for me. But there's a lot of other tools. People have their preferences. You get into the doing business, uh, you know, making decisions the way you make them. And, um, but there's certainly no need for any of these $100, $200, $300 a month tools to do replens. No. It's just not necessary. Yeah, it's, it's pretty simple. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's just a matter of like, you, you learn the process and you just put in the time. You keep doing yeah. it. So share with me one of your biggest mistakes. Like, man, I wish I hadn't done that. Like, did you go too deep, too fast on anything? Did you get completely banned from a brand? Did you get a scary lawyer letter at any point? Like, you know, are there any dark edges to this business? Yeah, uh, that that sounds very familiar. (laughs) I found one ASIN that uh, it was a product that like I've known about because it was available in Europe forever. And like from my wife, I've known of this product. And then I saw it actually got launched in the US. They started having ads for it. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder if I could sell this. 
And I found I could actually sell it at really nice margins and it was selling really fast. So then I started trying to buy as much as I could from every store I could find it. And then I had, you know, a lot of them in transit to Amazon when I got the uh, scary lawyer letter saying Mm. that uh, you should not be selling this, blah, blah, blah. And it sort of spooked me and I was like, uh, I don't know what to do. I maybe in hindsight could have just let the stuff sell through, but I, I got it all removed and sent to my parents' house in the U.S. <laughs> and so they got a lot of product, uh, which they could uh, distribute to all of their friends. And I was just like, I, I don't want to... for the next yeah, four years, right? <laughs> I, I don't want to worry about dealing with this lawyer thing. So I'll just sure. eat the loss and move on. Do you happen to remember... Were you the only seller by any chance? There were a few other people who were selling it. A small number. Was the manufacturer yeah. selling it along, along with you? I didn't see them selling it. Didn't see them on there? It might have been okay. I'd be yeah. curious to go back and revisit that product and see what it looks like now. Because yeah. the ones that we, in our training, in our replants training, we teach, hey, if there's only one other seller, or if it goes from, and Keepa shows you this, it's one seller, then it bumps up to two, and then it's one again real quick. And then it bumps up to three, and then it's one again real quick. A lot of times that's an indicator that there's a very aggressive brand owner saying, nobody's allowed to sell my stuff except me. Mm. And, and they're allowed to do that and they can make your life kind of miserable, although it's not necessarily a policy violation. I'm not going to dive into those. For you. <laughs> you don't want to put your account at risk over you know, some aggressive lawyer or some brand. Just move on. But you can tell on a keep a chart those ones that you should kind of avoid. Yeah, but if you went back to that product now and you saw, hey, you know, there's 15, 20 sellers on this thing and mm-hmm. they've been there for a while and, and they've got 20 in inventory and this guy has 10 and good margins, jump in, join the yeah. party. That's, that'd be my yeah. advice. It's uh, a good idea. And I haven't looked back at it. When, when I first found it, it had no product history because right. it had like just launched at that point. Right. Uh, so I'm curious, yeah, what does that keep a graph look like now? Be interested. Yeah. And that's something we do. We put our interesting um, ASINs. Well, you can track them on Keepa too. You can turn tracking on there and track all kinds of things. But we also drop them on the calendar. If one drops off our radar for whatever reason, three months from now, whatever date on the calendar it is, we just drop that ASIN on our calendar. And when that date rolls around, they're like, oh, time to revisit that ASIN. What's going on with that one? Uh, just as a little tip. So we never truly abandon an ASIN. It's just, hmm. we decide we're going to check in with it later. <laughs> yeah. And that's something I have on my sort of like sometime to-do list is to exactly. uh, get better at that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sure. I mean, there's a hundred ways to improve. You can't do all of them, but that one sounds interesting enough to me that I'd be curious mm-hmm. to see. I'd like you to let me know how that turns out actually. Cause yeah, yeah. I'll it sounds definitely like had check some, on it now. Some fun potential. Yeah. When we get done with this podcast, right? <laughs> let me know. Um, right. Well, any other tips for the new sellers? That, uh, anything else that you would, would share that would hopefully help them uh, find mm-hmm. success with this model? I really think like the biggest thing for me uh, as, as much as anything was just like actually committing to myself that I'm going to put in the time and I'm going to do this. And like, once you see that it's starting to work, like just keep doing the things that are working and persistent effort over time. It really adds up. That's right. I love it. Yeah, you you are the picture of slow and steady effort in the right direction can take you to great places. I mean, you've built what will hopefully this year be a million dollar business. You know, we're going to, you know, we're going to get awful close to that. If you don't hit it, sounds to me like you got a great shot at it. And it was a 
two hour a day, fit it in where you can effort to build it. Yeah. And that's what I love about e-commerce. That's what I love about this opportunity. It's not that mm-hmm. I woke up one day and just thought Jeff Bezos and Amazon were the greatest <laughs> thing that ever happened to the planet. But from the perspective of business opportunity, it's arguably one of, if not the best thing I've ever seen come down the road. And I've been doing this 20 years. And I just, I, I can take someone who doesn't know what they're doing and turn mm-hmm. them into a profitable e-commerce entrepreneur in a few days if they'll pay yeah. attention to the strategies and, and the doors are wide open. And yeah. you're doing it from the UK. Yeah. I love it. That's, yeah. And, that's uh, so great. It, like you're saying, it, it's really just amazing that like you, you keep putting in the same amount of effort, but like the results just keep compounding on each other. Mm-hmm. And when you're working a job, that doesn't happen. So That's uh, very true. Yeah, and you can take a break from it when you need to, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to uh, leaving my job soon and having a lot more free time in addition to being able to uh, hopefully put some more effort into the business. Yeah, because I mean, you're still working full time. You actually asked, say, hey, you know, hold this episode for a few days once we record this thing because yeah. <laughs> I haven't quit just yet. Yeah. Yeah, don't want you getting fired right before you quit. <laughs> no. Yeah, so I, I've put in my notice now, but uh, I, I, they've got long notice periods in the UK. So yeah. it's, uh, it's more than just the standard two weeks sort of thing. Uh, right, right. Yeah, so you're not even full-time yet. So yeah, you're going to blow your goals out of the water for sure uh, once you're hitting this full-time, building a team. And yeah. uh, this is incredible. Plus all the unique... I, I would think it's going to present you some unique opportunities some people see it as a challenge. Like, well, I live here and there's challenges associated with here because it's different than other people when they live there and all the advantages are there. Like, no, wherever you are, there's unique advantages. It doesn't matter. And so the fact that you've got connections in America and in the UK and you're kind of familiar with both territories now, there's probably products that you could be sourcing right where you are and shipping them by the pallet back over here or shipping them by the pallet from the US to where you are there because you know both worlds probably better than the average guy on the street. There's huge opportunity. The best example that comes to mind for me, Stephen, is um, Barrington, who Mm. he's just killing it now. He's he's been doing great for a long time in Jamaica, but he was one of our coaching students. And he said, what unique advantages do you have there in Jamaica? Like, you know, what do you guys have that people can't find elsewhere? It's like, you know, not much. In Jamaica, you either work for the utility companies, you work in the tourist industry, or you're unemployed. Like that's about it, <laughs> right? Uh, they say, "Well, we've got coffee." You know, there's coffee plantations here, and a lot of the coffee they they sell right, you know, off the shelf. And so you send a few of those bags in to Amazon US off the shelf in Jamaica, instantly sold. Everything he grabbed off the shelf sold instantly. He's now the coffee king of Jamaica. <laughs> He's like. <laughs> These companies are saying, hey, how are you becoming our number one sales rep? Placing all these massive orders. What are you doing? He said, well, if you let me keep doing it, I'll tell you what I'm doing. <laughs> he called me up all nervous when that started happening and we had great conversations. But yeah, his business has just exploded because he has a unique advantage where he's located. You would have thought, well, there's no Amazon presence in Jamaica. There's not much you can do from there. Sorry, man. You know, Go find the best job you can. We can't help you. No, there's unique products right under your nose within walking distance, regardless you know, if you've got stores around you that have shelves and barcodes, there's opportunity. And and that may even be too restrictive the way I state that, but <laughs> there's opportunity near you based on the relationships you have. But yeah, I'm excited to see where your business business goes, man. It's it's a very exciting time. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, cool. And, and enjoy this transition into, uh, we didn't talk much about your, your, your home life, your family. Is there kids in the picture? Uh, not yet. Just, uh, just my wife and me here, but we are looking to try and settle down finally after we, we've been in the UK for like six years and didn't really know how long are we going to be here. And we're sort of thinking now we actually do really like it here. So we'd like to try to settle down and we'll see where that takes us. And that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. But having that flexibility and be able to direct your life where, where you want it to go next. It's phenomenal. Congratulations. Good job putting in the work too. Yeah. Uh, thank you. You're going to be reaping the rewards. You already are. Uh, yeah. And it's an honor getting to know you. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Cool. And hopefully see you soon at, an, at a real event again. Oh, that'd be <laughs> uh, awesome. Here stateside. Yeah. That'd be great. We got to get a UK event put together again soon too. But uh, all right, Stephen, thank you for being here. And I'm going to talk to the guests for just a second, the listeners who are hanging out with us. Uh, thank you for your time. We truly value you spending your time watching episodes like this and spreading the word. We have a $0 marketing budget for this show. So you telling your friends and other people about it, sending them to silentgym.com. That's how this show gets exposure. That's how it gets new listeners. And the fact that we bring success story after story after story... I think makes us very different than other shows out there. I just don't see that happening other places. We have a lot of truly successful, creative entrepreneurs in our community called Business Building Warriors. And it was a pleasure hanging out with this Business Building Warrior today, Mr. Steven. Thank you, Tuck, for your time. And uh, we're going to have another great episode for this again, like this for you again very soon. So we'll talk to you then. God bless. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit SilentGym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.